Hello and welcome to episode six of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by some of the brightest minds in all of the gambling industry. We have Dustin Galker. We have Brett Colson here. We're going to talk a lot of things. If you're looking for picks, this is your wrong podcast. That is not what we're about. We're just trying to fill you in on things that are going on in the ever-changing gambling industry, which is right now absolutely absolutely bonkers everything going crazy and another thing that's bonkers here is we got accepted on itunes hooray we're going to make the little clap sound there subscribe rate and review because honestly you guys are keeping us employed if you do not do this we might get fired so we're going to need you to go and give us the five star review and all the different things like that because it means so incredibly much to everything that we are doing here all right well, there we go. Let's start this thing off here. We'll start with some quick hits here. And this isn't really even some gambling stuff, but we just have to, I mean, we have to bring this up. One of the ringer goes with one of the craziest, wackiest sports stories of the year with this, with this burner account thing. Dustin, did you immediately go and get rid of all your burner accounts? Uh, I have at least a dozen already, so I, I was definitely scared when I found somebody got found out. So yeah, well, uh, just a crazy story. I have no idea how this is even a thing, but it, it exists. So yeah, I mean, Brett, I know um, from back in the day, you used to run at least three burner Twitter accounts. Have you gone ahead and and, and abandoned those now as well? <sighs> I mean, you can't give them up, but, can you? You like you like who you follow too much. You're not going to know how you're going to get back around to following those people. I know you enjoy it too much. This is so amazing. And this this just goes to what I've been saying all year. The NBA is a clown show. And what's happening <laughs> off the court is more is far more entertaining than than, than what's going on on the court. Uh, the, the NBA product this year has just been terrible. Uh, most of the season has been unwatchable. And, and now we've reached the pinnacle with the matchup that everyone saw coming. And the Warriors are minus a thousand to win the series. Yeah, so yeah. Everyone's talking about this burner story because there's really nothing new to talk about leading up to this NBA Finals. What, what kind of odds do we have on Colangelo coming back next season? By the way, I mean it's got to be it's got to be a I think it's got to be a plus money situation here because oh, I mean if, for sure if they're if they're already going into investigation on this and everything like that and I mean the reporting in the story if you guys don't don't know what we're talking about go to the Ringer and take a look at the story about about this five mystery burner accounts that were all linked together and basically a current and this is a, you don't even have to be a sports person just to be fascinated by this a current sitting executive is using these burner accounts to talk trash about his current players former players former employers all kinds of different things like that it is absolutely amazing the reporting that went into this was absolutely amazing as well putting connecting all these dots was something I don't even know how they did, and apparently there's still more dots being connected and all these things as we speak, so I imagine we'll have a, a brief update on this as we get into to next week. Now, Brett, you already kind of basically alluded to this, but the NBA Finals are upon us. Obviously, this is a, you know, we look at the gambling industry, the betting industry, things like that. Super popular, or it should be at least, but here we are with the Warriors Going up against the Cavaliers, and despite the fact that LeBron James, the best player that's ever played basketball in the history of the sport, plays for the Cavs, we are looking at, at the Westgate Superbook, minus 1,100 for the Warriors. The wins, minus 950. The MGMs, minus 1,000. And the stations, casinos across town in Vegas here are minus 1,000 as well. So that makes me wonder... Uh, how much betting interest we're actually going to get in this? I've seen some of the things come down where, you know, a lot of the guys 
Uh, a couple, few of the guys have posted that they've taken, you know, $100,000 bets to win 10K on the Warriors and things like that. But, you know, we're going to see that huge money. But as far as the casual money goes, uh, Brett, I'll start with you on this. As far as the casual money goes, for me, uh, it's, I think it's going to be few and far between because I think people are going to, to fully understand, you know, how big a dog the calves are. And at the very least, you know, they might take a $15, $20 bet, uh, you know, just basically a, a flyer on the calves here. But I, I just can't imagine Joe Schmo laying, you know, a hundred bucks to win 10. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the handle looks like and where it goes to. Uh, the last year, the Warriors were minus 270 to win the series against the Cavs, and there was a record handle on those bets. The Westgate said it was the most heavily bet series they've ever had. Two years ago, Game 7 was the most heavily bet game in NBA history. That's not going to happen this year with the Warriors laying such a massive price for this series. They're 12-point favorites in Game 1. And like you said, does the casual better have interest in these lopsided lines? As a casual better myself, no, I wouldn't touch any of this. Just sit back and see what happens. D- Dustin, what's the what's the what's the steepest price you've ever laid? Like as far as a bet goes, like are you a guy that are you are you fine laying you know three hundred and fifty bucks to win a hundred or something like that? Oh, I just bet dogs. I just want to make money. I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm fine with losing. I just want to win some money. I, 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 don't, I don't look for spots. But yeah, this was a bet. It was bet down to like minus twelve hundred at one point. It doesn't seem like like you said it's going to be one of those where like the sharp like a lot of the big money comes in on the Warriors trying to win a little bit of money. Lots of people, littles trying to to make, maybe say, oh, maybe I'll win a big, pretty big payday if if the Cavs win, uh, actually win the series and pull it off, um, which does obviously doesn't seem likely. But yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's something you kind of stay away from as a casual better, I think. Other yeah. Than, uh, Game by game bets. Yeah, you almost like just bet the series MVP at this point. At least there's like some odds there. I mean, you know, you're getting like plus money on Steph Curry being the the MVP or something. If you, maybe that's just the way to go if you kind of want to get some action and have some rooting interest in it all. But speaking of rooting interest here in Las Vegas, the NHL Stanley Cup game two, a little bit before we're taping this right now, is going to be going off. Um, and this has been a huge, huge story all year long with the sports books here in town. Obviously, we're taking, you know, some decent bets on the Vegas Golden Knights. There was a ton of early season success. It really, uh, you know, got the buzz going here in town. And then that success just continued on throughout the season. Brett is a lifelong hockey fan. He is disgusted, by the way, that this Golden Knights team has gone out and made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and is up one game to nothing as we tape this. Uh, perhaps by the time you listen to this, could be up two to nothing. Brett, this has just been absolutely crazy. I mean, the total liability in Vegas estimated between $5 million and $7 million. It would be the the city's biggest loss on future betting anyway. I mean, 15 to 20 times more action on the Golden Knights than any other NHL game at the Westgate this year. I mean, it has just been absolutely nuts. Are you going to be able to, is this even a feel-good story for you, or is this just something that you you have to follow because this is the industry you're in, but you're so disgusted by what's going on here? I'm disgusted as a miserable <laughs> Sabres fan, but no, it is it is a great story. It's it's created a fairy tale around the team and the city, but also these sports bettors who found the courage to place real actual money on an expansion team to win a championship at 500 to one odds. And you know we're seeing these headlines all over the place now. Vegas will lose millions on the gold if the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, which. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, it's it's not really that big of a deal. And the the books will probably recoup a lot of that next year when the nights are bad and bets are still rolling in. 
yeah, the price it, is all jacked up. And I mean, at the end of the day, really all this does is it's a, it equates to like a bad Sunday in NFL football, really. Like right. even if they lose this. So it's not, it is a story and it is a big thing. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, all the articles you're reading. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it was future bets. And of course, with it being Las Vegas and the team being here and all that, I mean, it, it, it is a story, but it is not this crazy going to cripple the books. Like Dustin, I know you've, uh, you, you've looked at some of these articles I have as well, where some of these people are overblowing just a little bit what this means to the Las Vegas uh, sportsbook economy here. I mean, again, this is this is really just the equivalent to, to, to a bad Sunday. Yeah, they're going to lose money on this one little thing, but they're obviously winning pretty much everything else they do. They're winning some amount of money from most other bets. You know, a little interesting sidelight into more my world on the regulatory side. We talk about integrity fees on on this and on the, on the websites that we have. Um, if Think about this if you transport this to the integrity fee idea to other markets. Like Pennsylvania, you have futures bets on the Eagles. Like if you're paying – if uh, sportsbooks are paying leagues a cut of money when they're already losing, they're just losing more money on top of that. Like obviously this yeah. is not going to happen to Nevada in Vegas. This, they're not no integrity fees are going to be there. This is a real possibility where sports books lose money on futures bets and then also have to pay the leagues all like a, a cut of handle on top of that, which is just an absolutely ridiculous thing to think about. That's how you know we're seeing uh, legislation move forward that, that where that's a real possibility. Yeah, and, and this is an interesting deal here with with Vegas and you know with these numbers coming out that basically they're saying over the Westgate they got fifteen to twenty times more action on Golden Knights games. Well, you know when legalization happens in Jersey. When it, you know, if it moves into Pennsylvania and things like that, you know, are we going to kind of see the same deal? I mean, obviously, that just seems to be the case, right? You would assume that you're going to see just a lot more money on, you know, the Eagles, the Phillies, the the Sixers, the different things like that. So it's going to create different liabilities kind of across the country, which is kind of an interesting dynamic to all this because you know, as as we get wrapped up in the state to state thing, as far as like the legislation goes and stuff like that, I, I think it'll be interesting to follow as we get along as well, like. You know, when we get the first report coming out of Pennsylvania that can you believe the liability we have on the Phillies this year? Because people, <laughs> right, you know, exactly. like stuff like that. I think it's going to be interesting to follow that as well. It's absolutely going to be. Uh, yeah, you're going to, the most interesting one I remember is West Virginia. If you remember to the NCAA tournament, West Virginia and Marshall played each other in the uh, in the tournament. Uh, for basketball and they, they they had just legalized sports betting and this is like think about how much money is coming in on this game if you're in West Virginia and running a running a sports book there yeah. Um, yeah and we've seen uh, anecdotally that wagering on the NHL is way up in Vegas it's going to be a, a definitely a thing that you follow as, as states go go live with sports wagering and this is our quick reminder here because uh, yet another article has come out that you're uh, despite what you may read uh, somewhere even reputable reputable websites even uh, you're not going to be able to bet on peewee football and you're not to be able to bet on middle school football and you're not going to be able to bet on high school football uh, another article has come out you know again reputable sites with guys taking these absurd positions that, that that you know at the end of the day just really does not as bad as last week not as bad as mr as mr orrin hatch but really does make my blood boil when it comes down to it when you read these things that uh, you know, these guys are, are basically throwing these hypotheticals out there that aren't even hypotheticals. I mean, it is it is literally zero chance that any of this is going to happen. And, and Dustin, you can kind of fill people in on, on what this article is, because I know you had a problem as well. Yeah. So uh, it was, I think it was USA Today said, oh, hey, poss- there's a possibility that legal sports books in the United States are going to take action on high school sports. I can tell you Unequivocally, no state in the union is going to take wagering on sports betting. Every law we've seen on daily fantasy sports has explicitly uh, excluded 
DFS contests on high school, even though that's a ridiculous thing that nobody's ever going to do either. But um, it's yeah, it's just not a thing. Like we cherry pick this like a few times that offshore books have sometimes booked Texas high school games. It's just it's just it's beyond the pale to even contemplate this is a real thing that's going to happen. You're not going to see this at all. If so, if you read somebody or hear somebody saying, "Oh, we're going to have high school sports betting," they're full of of of, of you know of you know what. And Brett, like, listen. At the end of the day, on top of all just the nightmare of every thing that would go on with someone actually taking you know bets on this at the end of the day the handle is going to be so incredibly small it's not worth their time it's not worth their time to book some of these games I mean I know you know just being here in Vegas like a lot of WNBA games sometimes don't even get booked because there's just a lot of there's a lot of effort that goes into trying to put together a line and, and manage it and different follow it along when the handle is just so incredibly small. So to think that a high school game could even draw enough money for anybody to, to, to put this on their board. It's just, it's so credit. It's so crazy. I'll play devil's advocate here from the sportsbook side. You could make the case that if there was a, say a LeBron James type high school superstar playing on ESPN in prime time, like he did, maybe there is enough intrigue there to throw a lineup on a game. Uh, potentially enough handle for a one-off event like that. But yeah, your weekly local, state, and county matchups, even high school football in Texas, will never generate enough interest across the country. Uh, and this is a really, really stupid article. Yeah, it's a, listen, it's a juice, isn't, the juice isn't worth the squeeze type situation when it all comes down to it. Because, you know, I mean, yeah, you might could squeak out a, a tiny little bit of money in something like that, but it's just not worth the overall trouble and and the negative publicity and everything else that it would bring. So, uh, again, very, very confident that you're never going to see that happen here. Now, we just got off the NHL coming back around to the NHL here, if you were over on LSR and you were messing around here for the last couple of days, you will see that Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, has come out, uh, released a statement here, you know, obviously talking about sports betting thing because everybody is going to be asked about that. He said, we're looking for consistency, whether that can be done federally, which would make it easier to, uh, to make sure of the rules of the game, the types of bets that are being placed, how things are being conducted. We'd like consistency and we'd like not to have to vary state by state. Now, if all the states want to come together and do the same thing, that would be the equivalent of federal legislation and that's something we're focused on but Dustin one of the things that everybody wants to know anytime this comes up how does he feel about integrity fees so what is what's going on here and how did how did he how did he or did he not address this uh, so the, let me translate what you just said from him. He is basically just uh, saying whatever the MLB and NBA and NFL want, we're fine with that we're just going to be along for the ride so it's it was definitely not um Definitely not a big uh, a big surprise out of Batman. Um, he said, "I also said I'm not sure I buy the term integrity fee. I don't know. I don't worry about the integrity of our players." But he does say he wants money from sports betting. You know, that's what all other, except for the NFL, the other leagues, including the PGA Tour, so far have said they want some kind of direct cut because they 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 spend billions of dollars to put on their games because it's a charity that these sports leagues run. Um, yeah, it's so yeah they want money. What what they're going to call it, I don't know. But yes, the NHL also wants some money from sports betting. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, not a shocker here. I mean, Brett, when it all comes down to it, I think that we're this is basically just going to be the running theme here as we continue on with all this is everyone coming with their hand out, you know, including, 
you know, at some point we're, we're certainly going to see one of the, I'm pretty confident we're going to see one of the big five NCAA conferences come out with, with their handout as well, because everybody is all about money. I mean, listen, they can sit here and they can talk about integrity. They can talk about this. They can talk about that, but these are for-profit situations. Like you said, this is not charity here. This is a for-profit business and everybody wants to try to get what they feel they are entitled to, even though they are still just looking past the fact that there are going to be tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing opportunities is going to be spent here. Um, again, I don't know how they are not looking what's happening overseas and seeing the type of money that's spent by the the legal the, the legalized sports books over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is this is basically par for the course. Are we starting? Is this is this a sign that the leagues are? maybe recognizing that the integrity fee isn't going to work in these states are they calling it what it is here that it's have they done a poll yes have they done a poll have they have they stepped out and and sent out a a poll and say like what do you think of the word integrity fee and people are like yeah this is ridiculous or something i don't know but it does seem at least like a little bit like at least the message over the last couple of weeks has somewhat shied away from saying integrity fee. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we'll probably get to the Adam Silver point where it's more, you know, where they just straight up start saying royalty. Yeah, I mean, you are going to pay us for our product and everything that goes on from here. I mean, Dustin, do you think that happens sooner as opposed to later? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a little inside baseball, but the first time we saw it was a, a bill in Indiana where it was like it was written into the bill before anybody even knew what these were. And we like, what the heck is an integrity fee and what's it being used for? It just got written into this one bill randomly in Indiana, a state that nobody had been really paying attention to. And it just kind of like the, the zeitgeist just became, oh, it's an integrity fee. And like, yeah, we've even heard the NBA say, well, it's not really an integrity fee. It's more of a rights fee. It's more of a royalty. It's more of anything but an integrity fee because they like, like they just they want to get paid and they thought, oh, integrity sounds good. Let's 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 get paid for integrity. And then they started deciding, well, that's not a great idea. Maybe we should call it something else. So yeah, we're, I, I think they've already started that pivot. If they could erase integrity fee from the lexicon, I think they, they'd probably do that. Yeah, and they I think if they could go back in time, they never would have really pretty much put it out there in the first place because it was just so wild widely poo-pooed upon as soon as it came out that you know at least here's the thing you can at least start and you can at least start a conversation if if they would have just called it royalty fee from the get-go because that's one of the things where you can say okay at least we'll bring this to the table this can at least in some way shape or form make some sort of sense but the fact that they were sticking with integrity fee when this first started and talking about how it was so that they could ensure the integrity of the different games Brett that really just left you know basically a sour taste in everybody's mouth and has put this, you know, like you said, they put, put these guys behind the eight ball at this point because nobody is buying this. Yeah, hopefully we now see less and less of the integrity fee talk going forward, unless it involves the NCAA, where there actually is room for a little debate about the the unpaid student athletes going rogue, potentially, uh, if these games are being bet on legally. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Dustin, your favorite time of every single podcast. It's State Watch time here. Let's talk about what's going on in Delaware. Delaware looks like it's going to launch next week. It might be the first uh, legal wagers taken outside of Nevada in the United States that, uh, on single games. Um, they already have the parlay betting, uh, if you're familiar with uh, what's going on in Delaware, where you can bet on multiple teams at a time and, and get a parlay bet down. So it sounds like they already had the infrastructure. Uh, everything's kind of in place, and they just said, well, we're, here we go. So uh, if, all, if all goes well, it sounds like Delaware is actually going to beat New Jersey to the punch, and uh, uh, we'll get to them in a little bit. Yeah, looking here at uh, Pennsylvania, 
Pennsylvania. Lots of stuff going on here over the last couple of days. I know you have been paying a lot of attention here. Fill everybody else in on what's going on there. So Pennsylvania started a, uh, passed a law in uh, 2017 where it regal- legalized sports betting alongside a lot of other things. It was kind of like a throw-in, throw-away, and uh, nobody really thought anything about it till oh, sports betting is now le- can now be legalized. So they started uh, kick things into overdrive. There, they were kind of they've been working on all other sorts of things related to gaming, including online casinos and and uh, these mini casinos where they have slots. But now they're ramping up on sports betting because uh, you know a lot of the states around them are like like Delaware and New Jersey are 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 going to act pretty. Quickly. Quickly. So uh, Pennsylvania actually just started uh, drafting reg- regulations. We saw the first of those come out today. You can go over to Play Pennsylvania, one of our sister sites, uh, .com, and, and see what's going on there. But, yes, things are happening in Pennsylvania. Might be able to bet there uh, later this year if things go well. And looking here at New York, I mean, this is more of just kind of some news that we'd want to hit on here because, you know, look, one of the major players kind of made a major play here, and it's not necessarily so much – for the actual entity and property here, it probably just uh, at the end of the day, if we were sitting in the room, they were like, listen, we just got to figure out a way to get in New York State. But MGM uh, made some news. Empire City Casino and Yonkers, they're going to acquire that. It looks like that's going to go through uh, early 2019, yes? Yeah, actually, it's, uh, I think it was yeah Q1 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, MGM uh, has been... Looking to get in ways to get into markets with uh, online betting and, and sports betting. So uh, I can't imagine this didn't have any part of the calculus. They sports is a big part of what they want to do. Um, they saw an opportunity. They were actually in the in they wanted to buy just one of the four commercial casino licenses and were shut out. So this is their entry point into New York. Um, this is you know right right outside the city. Really good location for MGM. A little different from the rest of their portfolio, but um, obviously they want to be in a place where they might be able to do sports betting, and it makes sense for them. I think one of the uh, big movers and shakers here over the last week was, was Illinois. I know you were very busy kind of following different things that went up there, kind of a roller coaster ride. Uh, how is it? How are things ending up and how do you see this turning out in, in Illinois? Uh, I don't know. Illinois is a cluster. It's you know, <laughs> we never know. We never know what's going on in Illinois. Like reading politics is hard if you're like a somebody who covers politics or is an actual politician. People mm-hmm. just don't know what's going on. But they do uh, did try to throw into a bill where it would legalize casinos in Chicago and elsewhere in, in, in some jurisdictions in Illinois. They threw in tried to throw in daily fantasy sports, sports betting, online casino. Um, they, they adjourn on on Thursday. It's pretty unlikely that they're actually going to pass anything. But this kind of like, hey, we're interested in it. This sets the stage for later in the year, maybe as late as November after after elections there. Um, but yeah, it's on the radar. I think, you know, I think something eventually gets done in Illinois. It's not going to be I don't think it's going to be done this week. But, you know, couple year from now, two years from now, are we talking about legal sports wagering in Illinois? I, I think we're, we are. And closing out here with New Jersey, and I know every time that we bring up New Jersey, you know, you want us to try and sit there and give you a date and different things like that. But this is actually a new take on New Jersey here. Some information that came out at the end of last week. This was maybe the happiest I've seen Dustin on Twitter in quite some time. He was <laughs> he was very much into things that were going on here. Obviously, our very own Chris Grove contributed. But uh, the Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association has actually filed suit here, Dustin. And I know you read through. Uh, everything that went on there. I mean, I I know that you lost at least a little bit of of your excitement after you read the entire thing, but <laughs> but but just let let everybody know how excited you were whenever this whenever this broke. 
Uh, you know, I, get, I have to read a lot of lawsuits and legislations and regulations. Most of it is mind-numbingly boring. I try to boil it down for, for Matt and, and the rest of you, so it's somewhat digestible and interesting. But this is actually a lawsuit. is actually awesome. It's Mammoth Park suing uh, the five leagues, the NCAA, NBA, NFL, etc., uh, for damages from not being able to offer sports wagering over the last several years. And they said, oh, yo, it's $150 million because that's how much we would have made from sports betting during that time. And it was just, uh, you know, I have no I, – like I said, I have no idea whether – uh, they're going to win this case, whether they're going to settle and get some money out of it. It was a hilarious read, though, because they're just like eviscerating the leagues. It's like if I was writing a lawsuit against the leagues, exactly what I would have done. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it was hilarious to just read through, and I don't encourage you to do read the whole thing, but it but it is pretty funny. And I, I posted some of the highlights of it on Twitter and uh, at a story at playnj.com. Yeah, if you head over to Play NJ, you'll be able to uh, check this out. The uh, headline there, Group Sues Sports Leagues for Almost $150 million from NJ Sports Betting Case. So be sure and head over there and you can get the full rundown of all of that right there. But definitely the happiest I've seen uh, Dustin on Twitter, maybe since the Eagles uh, won the Super Bowl there. So, um, so let's talk about something that I think is going to pop up here uh, pretty regularly, um, especially as this starts to kind of uh, you know legalize across the the United States here um, in, in Nevada it's nothing new there's been these handicapping contests uh, the most popular one of course being the super contest that happens over at the Westgate uh, the Golden Nugget is just announced they're holding you know a, 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 they're calling it the ultimate football challenge here um, you know if you l- read it uh, down a little bit everything seems okay you know thousand dollar entry you know two per contestant all right not that big of a deal the super contest is 1500. Um, they're going to allow you to, to pick um, from college and NFL sides. If you look at the Super Contest, it's only NFL sides. So, look, they're trying to differentiate themselves a little bit. You pick seven games instead of five like you do in the Super Contest. So, okay, you know, trying to do something different. You get to the prize pool. 100% of the entries <coughs> will be returned to the contestants. And you're like, okay, I mean, 100% of entries returned to contestants. This is so far so good here. And then you get down to the payout situation. And this is the thing that uh, I wrote an article for the lines on, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago. And you just look at these guys and then you wonder how this happens when you, you know, have seen, you have one, you have poker rooms in your casino. You can talk to different, you know, poker room managers. You can talk to different poker tours. You can talk to different things like that. There are several case studies when it comes down to all this stuff. And, st- and then you get down to the payouts here. And it has a finite number. The top 20 finishers are paid. First place, 40%. Second place, 20%. Third place, 10%. Fourth and fifth come in at 7%. Sixth and seventh, 5% each. Eighth, ninth, and tenth, 2%. And then finishers 11th through 20th just get their money back. So um, basically, you have to finish in the top 10 of this contest to make any money uh, whatsoever. Now, Brett, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum when it comes to these things. And I just don't understand. And, you know, again, this is something that I think is, is going to spread. I mean, we're going to see these contests in New Jersey. We're going to see these contests in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, because these are ways to get people in the door. It's ways that they feel like, okay, it's a flat rate, so I'm not losing a ton of money. But at the end of the day, it's a way to get someone in the door, get them like, accustomed to, to how they sports bet. And, and, you know, a lot of these people become regular customers. And I just don't understand how these continue to get rolled out without just taking the basic principles of how to run, you know, a prize pool tournament. Well, I don't know if you heard, but the Westgate did increase its payout number to the top 100 this week, which really doesn't change anything. It's still terrible. Uh, Look, this contest is going to be bigger again this year than it ever has been before at the Westgate. And only the top couple percent will get any money back. And it's, it's unfortunate because with the forthcoming sports betting expansion, this contest has the potential to be enormous. And the people at the Westgate just don't seem to have a concept of what the model should look like. 
not to mention that the website is horrible. And I mean, nothing about it is run very well. So, you know, hopefully we start to see some progress over the next year. Or, I mean, like you said in your article, competition is going to emerge. And we're seeing that here with the Golden Nugget. But, yeah, we need somebody who understands how this needs to be run or... Listen, I'm, I, it's, guys, yeah. I'm here in Las Vegas. If you are listening to this, I'm here in Las Vegas. I will come over and talk to you. It will only take a half an hour. I will tell you exactly how you should schedule these things out and how you should run these things. Because at the end of the day, if you create a larger people of a larger percentage of people that have a positive experience in these type of contests, not only are they going to come back, but they're going to be more likely to give you more business. And the thing is, is with the way that these things are structured right now, and this happened in the poker industry. I mean, you know, all three of us live through this in the poker industry it was WPT had these tournaments and they were just so massively top heavy and it was great there for a little while and then people started running out of money because whenever you're paying $10,000 $5,000 to buy into these poker tournaments and you have to finish so incredibly high in the tournament to make any sort of return on your investment it was really dwindling the poker economy and it, it, you know as we look at sports betting here and as the expansion happens and things go this should just be, the model has already been built out the flatter pay structures paying more people giving someone a little bit you know even if it's just a little bit of a positive return on their investment here is something that can go such a long way i mean dustin i know you remember when you know you used to exclusively cover poker back in the day and things like that i mean it was it was a big big thing whenever these poker tournaments and poker tours realized how to actually keep the economy healthy yeah, it's uh, it's like to to um, press point. It's definitely going to happen that we're going to have we're going to see more of this, right? So it it would be nice if we don't just start copying pasting this this bad model into other states. Like Golden Nugget has a casino in New Jersey. Are we just going to see a, a remake of this? So it it would be it would be nice. Like we have the model. We could there. It's not spread everywhere yet. Can we can we fix it now? And then people could copy the right model like that you want to design for them. Uh, I think they should pay you a handsome handsome amount of money to do that. Yeah, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, I mean, these are things that can can bring new people into the market. Can can create positive experiences here, and uh, it's just something that it's it's so easy to be fixed. I can't believe that we're still sitting here talking about this. Now, one of the things we weren't able to get to last week, because again, we don't want to talk your ear off on these podcasts. We don't want you to sit here and be like, oh God, another lines podcast. Oh man, I'm going to sit here and listen all day long at this thing. Uh, the American Gaming Association. Now they came out and of course they're going to chime in because everyone's chiming in on things. And it says the casino gaming industry is dedicated to building the world's most secure and successful sports betting system. As legal regulated sports betting expands across the country, AGA and the gaming industry will work with all stakeholders who share our commitment to eliminating the vast illegal gambling market. Now, Dustin, one of the things that uh, is, is you know, we've written a story on this, be sure and head over to our sites as we touched on this, but um, where do they stand on actual online gambling? Because this is one of the things that's been a hot topic with the AGA. Yeah, they, they've officially always been neutral for a pretty long time on online poker and online casinos specifically. We know that's mostly because uh, Sheldon Adelson, who owns Las Vegas Sands, Venetian, etc., um, is, is against online gambling, or at least online gambling if, if other people other than him can do it. So it's uh, it's a frustrating standpoint. I mean, great for the AGA for saying mobile sports betting, that's good, yes. We need, we, I mean, if you can't support sports betting without also supporting online sports betting because you're trying to compete with offshore sports books, et cetera, 
So yeah, it's really frustrating to you know uh, me who's cover, also covered the online gambling industry for a while. The AGA is still officially neutral. Um, we have to think those days are numbered. They have to like say it's hard to put sports betting over here in this one box. This is bad for land based casinos. This is good for land based casinos if we have mobile sports betting. But online poker and online casino that's bad. Like I, like that's a that's a that's a nonsensical stance to have. Um, so we we hope that the AGA comes into the 21st century and also says hey online poker online casino we support that we're going to start lobbying for that as well yeah i mean of course uh you you mentioned shell nelson of course he you know one of the biggest basically political donors there is uh, out there one of the big power shakers movers here you know steve Wynn used to be in that category as well obviously with the things that have gone on over at the win he's no longer there so maybe uh you know at least they're lessening the ranks of, of guys i know Wynn is there was a while there he was he was all about it and then and did a complete 180 and went the other direction um, maybe as some of these, you know, power players move on and stuff, do you believe that the AGA uh, it, will it will at least take a formal stance one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, I, they have to. I mean, if, especially as you know, MGM, Caesars, these are big gaming companies. They're already involved in online gaming. Uh, they, they have online casinos and poker rooms in New Jersey. They would certainly like to have them other We talked about New York earlier. MGM was actually leading the charge for online poker, even though they didn't even have a casino in New York at the time. When, but they were actually lobbying for it because they want to see it. They are, they're invested in seeing it happen. So mm-hmm. it would be nice if the casino lobby kind of brought everybody together and say, OK, this is nonsense. We have to start being on the same page. Sports betting, we've done the good work on sports betting. We should kind of roll this in. It's, you know, it makes sense. It's also combating uh, an offshore market. There's plenty of easy ways to play online poker in the United States that are that are run offshore that we that nobody can stop. Um, and it'd be it would make, be nice if we just had a sensible approach to it across the board. Absolutely. And speaking of poker, to close things out today, Brett, the World Series of Poker has started and you are not here. How happy are you? I know that there was a an entire summer you spent out here. I saw you. Uh, last year, met up with you a couple different times. It seemed like both times I met up with you, you were absolutely sick as a dog, like could hardly <laughs> even keep your eyes open and things like that. I'm sure this time of year, as you see all of your, you know, people that you've worked with over the years and things like that, I, I don't think that you're hating too much that you're not here. Yeah, mixed emotions. I, I do enjoy covering this series. Uh, there are parts of it I enjoy covering more than others. But, uh, I, you know, I love getting together at the, the start of the, the summer camp with everybody and then seeing all the, my, my friends and uh, colleagues. And I uh, won't be out there this year, but we will still be providing coverage uh, across our network. Yeah, and that's one of the things I want to talk about here. If you head over to U.S. Poker, um, I know there are several articles up, but I mean, we can basically break down for people uh, a bunch of different things as far as what to expect whenever they get to town. Yeah, look, if, you, if you're looking for the top stories coming out of the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino, you're going to want to follow U.S. Poker. Our team's going to be on top of what's going on every day. We uh, we will have editorials. We'll have features uh, covering a lot of the, the social commentary and a lot of content you won't find elsewhere. It is the biggest WSOP to date, 78 events on the schedule. The $1 million one drop is back. We've got more PLO tournaments, more online tournaments to cover this year. So uh, a lot going on and, and an exciting time to be in Vegas, uh, not only for the Golden Knights. It's, I am a little sad that I'm not out there right now. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. That's probably why these damn tickets are so expensive because all these poker players are <laughs> yeah. in town right here. I'm like, God damn it. Uh, it Dustin, uh, you know, listen, one of the things that, that we talk about is, you know, we just talked about online poker, but, you know, if you are coming out here, this is something you can actually do. Like, this is one of those, as long as you're physically present, you don't have to be a resident of Nevada.
Nevada to actually play. So I mean, you know, this is one of those this is one of those opportunities, like you're saying, that where you, where people can actually sign up for an account and play for free. I mean, yeah, play, play, play play legally. I mean. Yeah, you can uh, you can actually play for bracelets too. We're up to mm-hmm. it started out a few years ago pretty small, and we're up to four bracelet events. So you could play online. You don't even have to be at the Rio. You could play from your hotel room. You could play from Reno or Pahrump or wherever you want. To <laughs> uh, so yeah, cool. Uh, it's, and uh, you can all you're also going to be able to play. Yeah, like and we have multi state poker now with New Jersey. Uh, we can play from New Jersey. Uh, Play against Nevada players, so we're we're coming in again, coming into the 21st century. Hopefully, we have some more states coming online uh, for that in the future. Yeah, just and uh, and again, if you uh, if you want to watch, if you're not able to make it out here and you're a big poker fan, there's also an article on U.S. Poker where you can watch all of the coverage this year. They've expanded the coverage. I mean, just a ton. It, this is one of those things where uh, living in the digital age is certainly is certainly awesome because uh, you don't have to try and get airtime on one of the traditional networks. You're able to find it. Uh, in, in many different other places, which is uh, another good thing for uh, the poker fan out there. Um, guys, we were able to wrap this up in 35 minutes this week. Um, I am very, very happy that we were able to get through all the week's news. And speaking of all the week's news, uh, a new kind of a new feature over there at, at LSR. I mean, I know it's been a couple of weeks now, uh, Dustin, but there's basically just a wrap up article that I think a lot of people would find very useful. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's impossible to keep up with all of the news in sports betting in the last couple of weeks since the Supreme Court decision. So we're trying to jam it all into one little place where if you just are overwhelmed with the news and you don't worry, just don't have time to search it. We're putting all of it in one little place. You can read it all and just like now you're informed for the week. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Usually it publishes on Friday morning, afternoon. So we're going to keep trying to keep that up and keep everyone informed. Be sure and follow us on the social, social medias if you want to. I am Matt at Matt Brown M2 and it is at Dustin Gow at Brett Colson, and if you want to follow our burner accounts, well, guess what? They have been deleted, so you can't follow those. So uh, unfortunate for you, and uh, that's just the way it's going to be, guys. Thanks for listening, and please remember on iTunes, we are now on iTunes, so please rate, subscribe, review the whole nine yards, five stars, and telling us how awesome we are certainly will make us feel good about doing this each and every week. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks. <laughs>